0: Basically, we want to build the uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, crowdsourced Mickey Mouse.
1: Welcome back to Going Deep There in Watson. In our interview today, we'll be speaking with John Figali. He is the co-founder and CEO of Toaster Pets Cartoons, which blends augmented reality, computer vision, artificial intelligence, and modern animation to unlock creativity for both kids and adults with Toaster Pets cartoons, where a small cardboard live action studio is translated using a smartphone into an animated video. John talks about how he came up with the idea, the technology that makes it possible, and the long-term business model of building this IP. I learned a lot. I think that it is a peek into the future and the tools that will be available for lots of people. So enjoy my conversation with John Figali. You're listening to going deep with Aaron Watson.
0: John, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting us over. So.
1: so, there's a there's a saying that a sufficiently advanced technology if, if t- technology is sufficiently advanced, it's almost indistinguishable from magic. There's a there's a saying common in, in technical parlance, and when I had a demo for Toaster Pets, your startup, your company, i actually experienced that it's it's kind of rare sensation but what i got to witness was some folks on your team using these little cardboard pieces and a iphone or a smart a smartphone to create a live action animated video which you know i'm going to encourage people to check out the the links that we put in the show notes to actually see a a demo of this but it's really really freaking cool can you can you put a little more color on, on my explanation to explain what Toaster Pets is and why, or who you've developed this tool for.
0: Yeah, so uh, Toaster Pets Cartoons, because we started building intelligent pets, that's where the name comes from. So we were building uh, virtual pets on your phone and that was Toaster Pets. And then we we were interviewing uh, hundreds of kids in a sender, and then we had asked them, you know, what you'd like to do. They must, almost like 95% would say they want to be YouTubers. And then we ask them, like, why aren't they on YouTube? And they usually say, our parents don't let us be on YouTube. Or, you know, it's complicated to be on YouTube. So that's when the spark started is how can we let kids be online without being exposed to the dangers of being online or the costs and the effort that is required to be online. So there's a lot of challenges for a younger kid to be uh online and that's where we sat down it says like how can we solve this problem and the 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 obvious or the easy way is cartoons because cartoons you don't know who you are but you can still express yourself but the problem is cartoons are very difficult to make they require a lot of expertise planning uh a lot of like uh, uh knowledge and Advanced planning, which is usually not common for your average person, slash even for a kid is even more difficult. So we embarked on this journey is how can we build the next cartoon creators and cartoon storytellers. And that's how we created the Toaster Pets cartoons, which is basically uh, a system. It's a studio, like a normal studio that you buy. And you use a smartphone, and you use physical characters. And once you put these characters in the studio, they automatically show up on your screen. And then you can start recording a cartoon by just moving the physical characters Uh, And they will move digitally on your screen. So you'll be able to create a lot of moving characters having dialogues and conversations all in one small studio that you have at home. So you download, you buy the studio, you download the app, you put the Uh, your actors in the studio and then you're the movie producer and the characters are the actors in that story and then whatever you say they say and they they have lip syncing and then once you finish your recording you have your first cartoon. So in one minute you can be up and running with your own cartoon series on YouTube for something that normally would take hundreds, if not thousands of hours. So. Yeah.
1: And and that's the thing that I was so struck by was how accessible and, and like I even got to, you know, mess around with the, the characters, but it's so accessible. You're talking about a movie studio. You're talking about creating an, an animated video. These are not things that through time immemorial have been even possible or easy to get access to. And really what you're talking about is a little ring and your uh, smartphone basically just you know, propped on its side with the camera pointed at the uh, cardboard background with these pieces standing in front of that background. And the intelligence of your software, the intelligence of your solution translates that into a animated video. That's pretty, pretty astounding.
0: Yeah, it's like a a real movie studio, like in a real studio where you have the producer, the actors, the difference is it's it's a studio, but the actors and everybody ends up being digital cartoon. But it has the same flow of uh, a regular movie or any type of movie. So we converted, we always say we democratized cartoons. Because cartoon is a very complicated uh, entity. It's actually the most complicated type of media to create. Because it needs a lot of um, expertise, planning, and knowledge of even how to do all these expertise and the planning so what we wanted to do is we wanted to democratize cartoon so that anyone in the world could be up and running with their cartoon stories with no expertise no knowledge uh, even no planning because because it doesn't take you much to create cartoons in our studio. If you make a mistake, you just scrap it and you start again, which is not the case in regular cartoon because one small mistake in regular cartoon could cost you weeks or months. Like the Spider-Man cartoon, the latest one, mm-hmm. they took four, it took them five more months for changing a couple of scenes because they were not happy with it, five months and that's like with a full crew of people. So when you take when the investment is really high to make something, the t- the tolerance for error or or encouragement I call is very low. So you mess it up in a regular cartoon if you're making, you don't do well, you have to do the whole process. So you either have to be driven by something else in this case to create this best story. But if you're a regular person, he's gonna say, I'm not gonna do that, I'm, I'm out. Which is very common in a lot of media or YouTubers, because a lot of kids want to be on YouTube, they go buy all the equipment, they learn the tools, they spend like hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, they spend hundreds of hours to learn the editing, the, the thing, and then they put their first video on YouTube, and they're on YouTube, they get five views, and they say, oh, I'm I'm done. Because we all have this, the grass is greener on the other end where I just need, I just make my first thing, I'm going to be the next you know, YouTuber with millions of followers. But reality is, chances of you getting there are almost slim to none. Uh, and that's where the encouragement, to encourage people to create content, you have to make them, to, uh, you have to address the, in, the intolerances or what makes them not want to try again. Some of time, Most of the time, it's fear and the investment to make it. If it takes long, then you won't try again because you give up already. Yeah. So we took all these things into account when we wanted to create our studio because we started to understand what are the factors that will allow you to create cartoon. Uh, and then we tried to simplify it, which is a very difficult task for us to make. And we were so happy to be able to get to where we are right now
1: yeah I, I want to unpack like how this is even technically feasible right now because really the the moat that you could argue this is taking aim at um, in much the way that YouTube almost took a chunk out of traditional cable TV and these other you know forms of media that people had been used to consuming, this is taking a chunk out of, of potentially like Pixar and these iconic, um, studios that were really the only place to go to create those top shelf animated brands, or perhaps maybe, you know, a studio for a, a video game. What, like, you know, we've talk, spoken with other entrepreneurs and maybe the reason that their robotics product is Capable of uh, occurring, capable of being developed, is you know smaller motors, um, you know ad- advances in computing power. Like they may say, like this is what actually enabled this to happen. Now, how would you explain what makes this type of technology possible now when it wasn't in the future?
0: Uh, a couple of things. Uh, the technological uh, enablers are two things. One is obviously the, the growth in smartphones and the advances in smartphone processing. So not just the smartphone, because smartphones have been around for more than 10 years, 12 years now. But the processing capability of smartphones, because we're using a lot of image recognition. Uh, the other one is the growth in AR. So we're, we're an AR type AR backed company. We're not an AR company, but we're using AR as an enabler to create content. So, so similar to what like Snapchat did with their filters, where they allowed you to manipulate or change the way you look, whether funny, uh, uh, sometimes you know, give you giving you the ability to experiment with different personalities or scenarios. So we took this, and that's why we said. Uh, we wanted to be able to use AR to create content that once it's consumed does not involve AR. And that's why we focused on that area. Because AR has been used usually to augment reality. We're using it as a tool to create content that is usually not possible in other tools. Uh, So this was the start for us. Then uh, we went into what makes content uh, or cartoon fun to create and how would you create it? And that's where we started evolving in the product. So we can, with our studio, you can create a cartoon with up to three, four people. So you can be the producer, you can have your actors with you. So content usually, uh, is create people like or especially kids like to create content in groups not solo It's not like your solo kid in his room that is creating that content so we wanted it was like so we started to solve the issues or the challenges of how can you create content with other people that happen to be close to you now. The issue with it is phones or tablets are also designed to be solo experiences. So we wanted to expand the capability of a phone from a solo experience to a group experience with the same device, not distributed devices. Because you might have everyone with a phone and then have them try to create content separately and merge the content later. So these were the challenges that we tried to, to identify. And then we took those challenges and we built The magic that you say but it took a lot of like analysis a lot of understanding how content is created understanding the limitations of technology and then the other part uh, is understanding what makes it feasible to make and affordable because we have a studio where you can literally be your, your next cartoon creator Uh, in five minutes or the moment you get it and it's only uh, 70 bucks I mean you're literally getting a a full Disney studio for $70 so for us to get there there's been a lot of challenges as far as how do you make this affordable because we go back we wanted to democratize cartoon so we don't want to create a studio for a couple of grand you know or even hundred thousand grand which is in cartoon world is still pretty cheap yeah because cartoons cost this cost of a cartoon is by the second. You get charged by the second, not by the minute. A Pixar cartoon on the high-end cartoon is 10 grand a second. So a Pixar movie is 10 grand a second. A low-end cartoon is around 500 bucks a second. So you go 60 seconds, and you you get the math. You go from $600,000 know, to a couple of grand. And that's still low-end cartoon. That's going to take you weeks. And then you have to be, do all the planning to tell the people who are going to make it for you. And then they're going to send it to you. And then you're going to look at it. And then you're going to decide, am I like it or not? And every change you make, you add a couple more grants. And this is at the low end. On the high end, you add hundreds of thousands of grants. So what we tried to solve is something like almost impossible to make. This is where we are as a company. And we were successful in doing that. And then we can get a little bit into what makes a cartoon a good cartoon. Because uh, there's a lot of apps or products out there that look like cartoon but they're not cartoon. They're just like uh, cartoonish looking but they don't have the real aspects of cartoon. So what so, what is that? what is it that So cartoon is all about engagement, like the characters are rich, so they can do things with one another so for example, in our studio, if you have a, a cat and a dog, they're talking, they would look at one another if you're driving a car and you speed up like move the car fast, the engine goes up. you know so all these uh, AI features that make you look your cartoon like you have a studio behind you we've used. We artificially in, in, used artificial intelligence to create all these scenarios. So we build all this back end stuff from effects, movements, uh, reactions, to having multiple characters, multiple things happening at the same time uh, is what makes a cartoon really engaging. Because, you know, a kid watches, for example, cartoon is usually watched by kids 15, 20 times. On average, that's why, you know, cartoon is more expensive than a movie to buy. Yeah. But our analysis is the reason a kid watches it 15 times is not because they don't get bored. It's because it's so rich that you can only watch one thing at a time. So you watch one, then you watch it again, you see another thing. Then you watch it again, you see another thing. So at, at watch number like 15, 20, you've seen it all. And it's like, okay, I, I'm done with it. I've seen it. And this is what makes cartoon very different. It's not like kids are like mindlessly watching something no they're processing it in bits and chunks Uh, and this is what makes a cartoon now if you have some digital background and you have something moving in front of it like in a asynchronous way that's not cartoon you know that's more like digital things moving one at a time where you process it and it flows like a waterfall and that that's not cartoons that looks like cartoon but it's not cartoon
1: Gotcha. So you mentioned AR, and that's a part of this of you know using these um, you know small cardboard or plastic pieces in front of the smartphone and then being understood and processed by that device. Is the best way to think of AR as computer vision, or is there another? element of that equation that is making that happen because i i understand that as you know i do the like the recapture and i help them figure out like that's a stop sign that's not a stop sign something like that and the computer's slowly getting better and better and better at you know the point that my you know google photo album like recognizes my face versus my dog's face versus my fiance's face so is is that really like the core when we talk about ar with some ai or how how should i understand that
0: well, AR stands for augmented reality. Is usually how can you augment something you see physically in person. So like add more data on top of it, put a layer on top of it. For us, uh, we put a spin on it. It doesn't work like this for us. For us, is mostly using it as computer vision slash uh, uh, physical object recognition using a video stream so basically we see whatever the camera sees we take those images and then we process them to figure out what's in that camera and then we match them with their digital counterparts their digital models and then we make the relationship between them so we're mostly computer vision but we're using ar uh, the tools or the technology behind ar it's like a hack on ar so if you look at it immediately you wouldn't think that we're using AR, you know, if I wouldn't tell you of a normal person because we're also using a mirror system. So, we're not using the phone, you're not holding the phone. You put the phone on a stand. The stand has a cam- has a mirror under the camera. The camera sees the objects in front of it through the mirror system. So, we're changing the angle of view of a camera, which makes it like Every time we show it to kids, they say, this is very smart. Because we literally, it doesn't look like we're using the camera. Actually, people don't know we're using even AR. They don't know we're using the camera. They just think it's magic. That's what you were talking about yeah. earlier. But there's a lot of uh, intelligence and engineering that had made this possible. And we're using mirror conv- physics. To change the view how the camera sees, and then we're feeding that view into the camera, then we're analyzing the feed, and then we're doing matching with the digital models so that whatever uh, you move something physically in the physical space, it moves in the digital space. So I would say we created like the cam- the, the mouse of cartoons, like the computer mouse yeah, we just created the, com- the equivalent of the cartoon mouse where it's something you move and it allows you to control your digital scenario to do something in that digital setting. So this is how I if simplify it, you know?
1: Yeah, it's hard to simplify it. It's hard to simplify it's it. but it's, it's
0: also very easy to make. So it's you have to experience it to know what it means, you know? Yeah.
1: So if someone wants to try it or they're saying, you know, this sounds really cool, this sounds really innovative, but like where's the application of this being put into place? In terms of the business model for Toaster Pet Cartoons, direct-to-consumer, hey, I want to buy this for my niece, my nephew, my daughter, uh, my son, or for a kind of school environment where maybe there is a curriculum around digital media
0: creation. Can you talk a little bit through how you're thinking on that? Well, to be honest, the way we started, we wanted to help kids express themselves. You know, uh, Our vision originally was we want to document play. Because right now, as a kid, you know, and I don't, everyone did that, you would get some toys, you play with them, there's a scenario in your head where you play it out, and then when you're done playing, that uh, story becomes history and nobody knows about it. It's no memories, nothing, you know? So originally we said we're documenting play, which is that story in your head, now you can sort of save it as a memory. And if you want, share it with other people. And those people are two layers, either close ones, like family, friends, or the world, which is like YouTube. So that's how we started. And the other part is we also love cartoon because cartoon allows you to be experiment without being judged, which is a big thing for kids. You cannot be bullied for being dumb in a cartoon because nobody knows who did it. So you might do things which you wouldn't do in a normal, setting so it gives you this protection which is why we love what we do is we are building the next generation we're giving them the opportunity to experiment to figure out where their thoughts are without being judged because usually if you say something that is you can be bullied and uh, you can do something really great and you can be bullied because they're jealous of you or you can do something really dumb and get bullied about it too because, you know, you're really dumb, you know. So, and that means a lot of great potential gets lost along that way. Our vision is to uh, expose the maximum potential of each one of us, you know. So, with that thinking, it has opened to us new world of doors which we never thought about it so we're being used by a lot of creative companies to do storyboarding you know because right now in minutes you can have your storyboard send it out show it to the customer or internally and then send it back make the changes send it again and once okay you can go and make it whatever you wanted to do so we're selling to a lot of uh, creative companies uh, although we never thought about it that way, interesting. That makes uh, a lot of sense. We're selling to a lot of uh, media companies because they're using it to create content that could promote some company or some of their customers, like uh, online marketing companies. Uh, these are all new things we're seeing, and for the kids, uh, for the kids, we also s- we hit a lot of like uh, surprises, good ones along the way. So we wanted to democratize cartoon. But cartoon also needs planning or thinking. And then, you know, what we were surprised is we worked with a lot of kids with disabilities and they were able to do very well to express themselves. Sometimes even talk their minds when they wouldn't talk to someone else. Like, uh, for example, you know, a lot of kids with uh, autism. They would never tell you what's going on in their mind. So we've been in the Pace School in Pittsburgh and we've had kids talk and tell their stories and the teachers would run I was like what's happening here we've never been able to make them talk we've never even know what's going in their mind and now they can say everything that goes in their mind so we uncovered the potential that is like a mind reader because when you're creating cartoon you're suddenly you think it's someone else you know you're like talking to someone that you feel comfortable with that's not going to judge you which is usually you except that that you as a cartoon character on the other hand. And we've seen like mind blowing stuff and that's why we're we're in schools uh, and we don't discriminate neither on intelligence or age or uh, ability to coordinate. So we're in six schools right now and what we've seen in schools is something amazing is every time we have kids to create cartoons you have this phenomena where there's the producer comes in he hires the actors they sit down they coordinate and then they record so we go to a classroom where you know it's a chaos and nobody wants to talk to anyone to a place where it's very quiet because suddenly everyone is coordinating because it's a win-win if you have to work together to create something which is usually and if someone messes up it messes up the work of everyone so there's like a little bit of uh, the urge to collaborate so we can all see the work of what we're doing, which is also something we never thought about it, you know? So, back to your question is, it's being used by kids uh, at home, uh, in schools, creatives, uh, uh, a lot of uh, in corporations because Because cartoon, again, is non-discriminatory, so you don't, if you put characters there, nobody's gonna say, judge you on color, or age, or race, or all this stuff. So it becomes an easy way to say, hey, you know, we're treating everyone fairly on an adult level. Uh, And that's why we're seeing we're going in multiple directions, which we never, originally, we were not even thinking about it that way. But we absorb, and we take that, and then we improve as we go. Yeah. The Going Deep podcast is underwritten by Piper Creative. Shooting, editing, and publishing quality content is overwhelming. We make it easy so you can save time, build your brand, and grow faster. Say hello at PiperCreative.co.
1: So when I see a tool like yours, when I see the editing suite that's already available, to like a kid on TikTok. When I see just the fact that like the camera on my smartphone right here is better than any digital camera that I could have had, like reasonably afforded 10 years ago. It makes me really wonder what the next generation's just baseline storytelling abilities will be. And not that every single person will be a storyteller will be a digital media creator but there is the reality that you you found through your market research that a lot of kids if they it could be anything they would be a youtuber or an influencer or i i would just say like a digital media creator in some way shape or form it, i i don't know i don't know where your mind goes to that but like i just i, I can't even imagine what they're going to be capable of or what's just going to come naturally to them as storytellers when a tool like this is made available to them
0: Well, you always have to go back to our human nature, you know. We're basically a a psychological company, I call it, you know, heavily dependent on psychology. We all need to get some form of uh, recognition. That's a human nature, you know. Uh, The difference is the ability to get that recognition is changing and becoming easier every day. So if we go back maybe 15, 20 years ago, People say, what do you want as I want to go to Hollywood, become an actor. So, but that's, to do that, it took a lot of effort slash investment slash someone who would do it for you, which is almost impossible. Uh, as you see, media has progressed. This Hollywood has moved into your bedroom or your house or your, your computer and the digital cam on your laptop. As we move more forward, the phone came in. And then now we get it on the phone, so you get the first live streams. You know, then you get the filters coming in. Then you get so pictures come in through Instagram. The ability to be able to shoot really cool pictures. Every time we're moving ahead as far as the skill set to be able to get better recognition than somebody else goes back to the same concept from the beginning. The difference is the tool make you look better as you go. Then you get the Insta, uh, Snapchat uh, filters. Then you know the big beast right now is which managed to crack the thing that has not been done before is TikTok. TikTok allows you to create like a really cool video with no expertise, no time. And then they give you the music, which is basically hides most of the weaknesses that you would have as a video, because basically they use the background music as a way to paint over all your flaws in creating content. So if you have a pause, the music is going to cover it. If you make a mistake, the music is gonna cover it. So that's why TikTok is very strong because it solved this part of, it's like a paint for me on top of everything that would be required to be a very good videographer where you have to manage the cuts, manage when to put the cuts, manage how to join them. TikTok said, forget about all this. I'll let you do it. But by the way, I'll put this in the background and then no matter what you do, nobody would know. And you get get a product called TikTok that is like exploding left and right. Uh, what we are trying to do is go to the next level, which is even, is not visual, the recognition is not based on how you look or what you do or what you own or what you have, is the second level of recognition is your thoughts and your storytelling abilities. Because there's a lot of bright people that might not be good at making a video, or maybe they're camera shy, or they think they're not pretty enough, or, or you know, they're not think he doesn't think he's handsome enough, or he's awkward, or you know. But they, must, they might be the best storytellers on earth. And this is what we are trying to go. You know? We want cartoon for us is going to be the channel for the, the hidden talent that is in your head and your voice. Or one of the two. Which is not what's happening in the movement right now and that's what we're trying to crack which is a very it's a it's a big statement here but this is where we're going we're not going to compete against video you know video is a different field it's like movies and cartoons you cannot say cartoons kill movies and movies kill cartoons this is a different ball game uh, cartoons allows you to do the things that are a little bit abstract they're outside your brain you know that don't make sense you know but they they allow you to experiment it's like a, a way to experiment with your thoughts without being judged either by others or by nature or by gravity or by physics or by any other constraints that could come your way because you can draw anything i mean in cartoon it doesn't have to make sense you know you can get a sponge and put two faces on it and create cool stories and then you have a something called spongebob you know or a mouse you know called mickey mouse that everyone you know wants to be associated with it although a mouse is usually not a character you want to be with you know if you see a mouse on the street you know you would run away from it you're not going to say hey hey let me come take a picture with you so it's it's this field you know we're trying to get into uh, or trying to to explore you know which is, hasn't been done yet yeah so
1: where that takes me is you referenced two iconic pieces of IP, SpongeBob and Mickey. And if we go way back to early, you know, comics as a precursor to cartoons, we've got Charlie Brown, we've got Superman, we've got Batman. In the more modern times, you've got, uh, you know, Elsa and and the Frozen universe. You've got Toy Story. This is iconic, iconic IP, hence why the investment was warranted because you got way more than someone buying the movie or buying the comic ship. You had them buying merch. You had them buying this whole universe of of content based off of that ip so getting to toaster pets specifically this is your ip that you and your team have developed how do you negotiate something like that where you've developed it i'm sure you have your your license and your copyright and your trademark and all that stuff in place when someone else makes the hit on the toaster pets platform but they create the narrative or the story that helps it go gangbusters. How's that, how's that work?
0: Well, it goes back to democratization of storytelling. So uh, we, we all benefit. So whoever creates the story, I mean, they're going to get the recognition they want. They own the, the story rights. Once they do that, then they're going to make Toaster Pets the Mickey Mouse because they managed to, Get the. I mean, Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse because of the story, because of the narration, because of the somebody you manage to attract an audience through the story by. And each one, each IP has a different track of doing that. So for us, it's a win-win. You know, you create the content, you own it, and then we can always, from a financial point of view, we can uh, license the Twister Pets brand, uh, whether it's products, uh, you know, food, uh, music, uh, whatever. So. It's a little bit similar to what everybody else does. Like Disney comes up with the movie first, and then it creates the IP second. And they usually monetize the IP through licensing to others. So for us, we're doing the same thing. The only thing is the narrators of the story in that movie is everyone that has it. Versus a group of four or five people that sit in a room, usually in L.A. or somewhere there. And then they come up with a story and it becomes a hit or miss on it. And
1: with some of these IP universes, there's a whole realm of fan fiction where someone, you know, they love Harry Potter or they love any of these any of these iconic bands. And then they go off and they create their own you know, addendum or their own little part of the universe that they write. And these are, you know, there's blogs and all sorts of websites that explode with this stuff. It's almost like you're taking that in the opposite direction. The The chance for the tent pole you're imagining as being bottoms up as opposed to top down, as you might see from some of these studios.
0: Well, it's top down for a reason. Uh, well, you see that I always like to compare it to video. Well, right now, if you look in video, for example, the bloggers are bottom-up. They start small, they build the audience, they build the brand, and they license the brand. Uh, You're able to do that because everyone has access to a camera, and it becomes on your content. How good is your content and your ability to attract the audience that fits to your content? With cartoon, it's top-down because cartoon is very difficult to make. So no matter how good you are at storytelling, you cannot make it. So if we allow you to make it, then they have the chance to go from bottom up and this is where you know you democratize the storytelling so through cartoons so you can go up and we benefit as a company we there's many ways where we can benefit of that so basically we want to build the uh mickey mouse uh crowdsourced mickey mouse i would put it that way where the story is created by the masses and then the IP is a appreciation or a reflection of how much the masses could be creative with. And it's all new, you know. We experiment, we're a startup, so yeah. uh, this could go in multiple directions and, you know, we take it one step at a time.
1: Yeah, but the, even the notion, like, to, it's hard to even think of another time in history where that was, like, a,
0: a viable path, the crowdsourced Mickey Mouse. That's a pretty freaking cool idea. Yeah, I mean... But you see it in other industries, you see it in video, you see it in uh, 3D printing, you see, you, you see it everywhere. Uh, every time you give uh, opportunity to others uh, and you make it an equal opportunity, I say, you're going to have some pretty awesome people shine, which they would have not shined if that opportunity was not given to them in that particular industry slash area so what we're saying is we're giving the opportunity to shine for everyone that knows how to narrate slash attract an audience through cartoons Uh, so and the beauty of it is we're giving you the opportunity to experiment before you even figure it out because that's the other important part experimentation to create a great content is not like your first contact is going to be great you have to do it I mean, it's hundreds, thousands of times, you know, for you to figure out how to do it. Now, normal people who have no experience, they don't know that. They think you just make it and it happens, but that's not the reality. So this is where you give the chance. And that's why when we build the product, we wanted to have the investment to create the content. We wanted to be almost zero from time, money, expertise. If we are able to succeed with that, then the ability for you to try multiple times is also very low, which means it's gonna encourage you to perfect and become better and better and better. These are some of the things that we were very aware of at the beginning, and we wanted to make sure that we build these so that we can build a successful platform.
1: So let's go back before the beginning, because I think we have a really good picture here of what Toaster Pets is, how. innovative and disruptive, this has the potential to be. You spent some time at other startups, Bossa Nova Robotics, which now is over like 250 people or something, and stock and shelves at Walmart. Talk a little bit about how you ended up at this idea and maybe the other things that you kind of tasted, tried, had under your belt that you're now bringing to this specific endeavor.
0: Uh, Well, I've had multiple startups, so each one was different than the other one. So with Bossa Nova, I, I learned how to make engaging products, uh, robots in particular, but the experience, how to create a magical experience, and then the manufacturing and the cost of what it takes to make something really good at a certain price point. Because a lot of product making or successful product, it involves understanding all the constraints of the whole process, so and then I had a software company I had the messaging company we're building the next generation of the emojis, which is you know a way to connect people uh leveraging the sensors on the phone so a lot of it is how do you build this interaction and slash bring people closer when they're far away from one another when they're not facing one another uh and then I've been involved with building a lot of uh first of a kind products I built the first luggage tracker in the world I used to have a very successful watch company where we sold watches all over the world. So, and then I've always loved the kid space. Uh, I'm a kid at heart. I like experimentation. Uh, I like the idea, you know, the the ability to think freely without constraints. Um, And that's where the whole experience of between, you know, software, hardware, uh, creating magical experiences and, honestly, being open-minded about, you know, and learning from what you learn, and then everything comes together once you have all that expertise. So, I mean, I never thought we would be building cartoons at any point in time, (laughs) and who knows what we'll be building next. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all being open-minded, you know, and being open for challenge and, and trying to push the boundaries. That has always been my expertise slash experience something that i really enjoy uh basically i don't mind failing so that's like my number one criteria if you fail i mean it's becomes experience so and and then you hit what you hit and and always being open-minded to do to try something that you never know because when we started doing this we started building this product over lunch so we would uh, we were building uh virtual pets but every day we have a group lunch and we would start trying to answer questions around twister pets cartoons like uh well how do you do this and how do you do that and over three four months over lunches we figured out like what we need to try and then we started trying and then we started building it so and it worked the way we wanted but it took a while for us to start it
1: it also sounds like you're kind of a constant tinkerer like you're always just like trying to throw something together build something see it see how it works and not necessarily that like the full arc of the thing like here's the the value prop and the why and like the whole thing is all structured there but like hey maybe this stuff would fit together in this way and it could potentially work it seems like you're kind of a perpetual
0: uh, yeah I mean I mean I'm, I'm always lucky because every the, the whole team is very diverse uh, expertise slash point of views so Uh, whatever idea we can come up with, we can build it, you know, so we have expertise and uh, we're also realistic about what to build and how to build it. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to prove certain criteria that we're trying to figure out. Uh, So having the right team with the right people takes you a long way, you know, so this is where we started experimenting. And then you always question, People like uh, the team members, you know, you say like, how do you do this? But what about this? And being positive in the way you tackle uh, problems slash enabling people rather than judging them as you build something. Because this is a very tricky road and it's very easy to fail every point every day. It's very easy. So your goal for me as a CEO is basically to... Make sure that the ship is always moving on an positive grounds, you know uh, and and learning from anything that doesn't go according to plan there's always positivity to anything you do you know that percentage changes from five percent to hundred percent, but just keeping that in mind you know and and big things are not built like overnight uh, they are take a long time some people might get lucky, but I don't bet on this type of luck like an overnight luck so that's so rare that like the more
1: the more life you live the more people you talk to you come realize that that's almost almost never the case it's always the long methodical build
0: and not being afraid to kill yourself Uh, that's the other uh, blood we have in the operation so trying to disrupt ourselves we've we've we do that all the time you know so right now we with the uh, with the COVID 19 uh, we were worried about manufacturing in Asia, so we embarked as of like uh, end of February to see if we can build a DIY cartoon studio at home. So we just launched uh, a couple of weeks ago a paper studio, which is a studio that you can print at home, cut and put your phone and the characters and have your own cartoon studio all made out of your printer, like your home printer. It's, it's called uh, getpaperstudio.com. Wow. Uh, that's a free studio so we can democratize Cartoon making from home, and it becomes like a craft activity that eventually leads to cartoon making. And we're trying to see if we can take that idea even to a ma- much bigger scale. We're talking to some CPG companies. Like we'd like to have cereal boxes where at the back of the box you can build your own studio with the with you know like the Kellogg's characters or something. So we can open up this whole world of cartoon maker to anyone anywhere in the world, almost at no cost, zero cost. So. Uh, and that that is a little bit takes a bold move, because sometimes you might say, oh, it's disrupting yourself internally, but that's the attitude of success, you know? You should not be afraid of killing yourself, because that takes you to the next level. And we're always tinkering with those, even things that might look like might hurt us. But we don't think it will. But for other companies to say, like, oh, you're killing yourself with something that you don't have to buy or something like that, so... Uh, so it's all these things that you have to look at and and be also like um, there's limits I mean we, we we took cartoon making from things something that a second takes hours to weeks and we make it a second takes one second but that comes also with challenges obviously it's not the same quality as the Pixar cartoon you know so you have to also understand the re- reality with the boundaries of what you can do and the timing of it. so there's all things we take into account and when we're looking at things objectively. so
1: Of course. Well, John, this has been great. I, I really want people to check this out, particularly um, if they have kids because I think it's just incredibly stimulating and, and you know I, I was I had a, a experience in VR this uh this past weekend first time in like three years i'd thrown on vr goggles and it was a seismic step forward from wherever it was a couple years ago i got like nauseous and sick but it's still it's still not like ready yet it's still not there and i I think that there's obviously still a long road to hoe in terms of like the the different applications of ar and, and how they play out but this is one of the first things i've said like oh that is different, that is relevant, that is going to be engaging for people. So I think I think it's worth um, folks paying attention to. Uh, what digital coordinates do you want to point people towards if they want to learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, I just want to say something. Yeah, what yeah? The,
0: something that also was a bit of a surprise for us is it's cool to create cartoons or it's cool to express yourself in stories. What's even cooler we've seen is when you create content with other people, that dynamics between you and that other person is a completely different ballgame. So we had kids who would never get along with one another. We had siblings who would never talk to one another. They're always fighting. But you put them and say, let's create the story. They look like the best friends. Like they've been like in synchrony all their life. And that's what the feedback we always get is like, oh, you know, they never, I could never get them to do anything together. But now that they're creating this the cartoon or this story, they're like, very patient with one another, they're willing to take turns, they're willing to, and this for us is magic, because suddenly, uh, we created a tool, I say it's a a bonding slash binding thing, which is even better than the story itself, because you're seeing dynamics which are hard to create, that we're able to create uh, in and in usually a, a very difficult to create too and they have nothing to do with technology or content or anything it's just human interaction how you can shape human interaction based on the scenario you put these people you put two kids together they might be best friends you put them the two same kids in another scenario they might be the best uh, you know, enemies ever you know so and we've seen this turning enemies to friends in schools among siblings everywhere and that's why we've, we've been able to sell in a lot of schools because you have Different kids say, hey, I don't want to work with him. You know, he doesn't get it. And and this is something we also love about having more than one person work with someone else to create content, in this case, cartoon for us. Yeah. So uh, toasterpets.com, um, that's our, our cartoon studio. Uh, it's uh, on our website. It's uh, $70. And then you can add more characters. We have six characters. Uh, six uh, toaster pets. So you have six actors at the time you can buy, so you can create your cartoon with up to six characters. And then recently we, re- we launched uh, GetPaperStudio.com, which is a free studio with one pet, which is a puppy. And then this one you print at home, you cut it and then you can put your phone on it and then you can start making cartoons uh, and experience the Toaster Pets experience for free. And if you like it and if you think you want to do it with other people, then you can always upgrade into the Toaster Pets uh, studio, the cartoon studio.
1: Right on. We're going to link that in the show notes, goingdeepitharen.com. It's a place to find it for this and every episode. It's also in the podcast app. We're probably listening to this right now. Um, but before I let you go, John, I want to give you the mic one more time so that you can issue an actionable challenge to the audience.
0: Well, I think, you know, we're all, we always say it's all about giving opportunities to others, you know, because we all, somebody gave us an opportunity to get to where we are. And I think being, aware of always giving someone that you don't think you want to give it to them give them the opportunity because i've seen like amazing people who you would pass on them but you give them the opportunity and they shine and i think this is my goal uh in life you know let people shine by giving them the opportunity you know that's the best thing you could do so uh and don't judge before you give them the chance
1: absolutely i'm a firm believer that there is an enormous amount of potential to be unlocked in people so i think that you're in every you're, person yeah. it's just
0: different from one person to the other it's not the same opportunity but i mean i think as a builders we're, we're entrepreneurs we build stuff uh i think you know we always like to build people too you know and that's the least we could do
1: 100 percent, john thanks so much for coming on the podcast oh thank you we just went deep with john figali who been out there has a fantastic day Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. We have so many great interviews in our back catalog of other successful entrepreneurs. Check out episode 361 with Jason Wolf to hear the story of a genuinely prolific entrepreneur. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a single forthcoming episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.